Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? The war goes on. Happy 2017. Hey, um, good, welcome. Good morning, Jerry. Well, good morning. I good see morning. you're back. Yeah, we're in the new year. I'm back. Yes, I haven't back been on here. here since last year. <clears throat> yeah, me neither. So. All right. Hey, we're going to be talking today about God says fret. And it's interesting. I got to, you know, fret. I always think of fret as to mean to worry, you know, about things. But when you looked it up in Hebrew, you found something a little different. What did you find? Well, like in, for example, in Psalm 37, verse 1, it says, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Mm -hmm. The word that's used for fret there in in the Hebrew means to be angry. Don't be, it means to be uh, like angry, like hot with anger. Oh, okay. Uh, Really upset. It can mean grieve, but here it means like, you know, they can, the two can go together. Mm-hmm. But a primary well, one is don't be angry about things evil that aren't people fair. and what they're doing. Yep, and things that aren't fair. And I think that's really pulled out in Psalm uh, 37. But in the dictionary, the word fret means three different things. And pretty much what you said, to be worried, kind of our first thought of what fretting means, worry, wringing your hands, irritated uh, and agitated, which are two kind of uh, descriptive words for anger. To be angry about something, to be agitated about something. And as we read in the Psalm 37, God is saying, yeah, there's a lot of evildoers out there. There's a lot of stuff that ain't fair. It's going down. And he says, don't get all weary and worn out about it. Don't. Uh, the dictionary also goes on to say that Freddie means to wear away, to get worn out. And that's kind of one of our terms. We get worn out over the injustices. I think that's where we get overwhelmed. We lose our strength, our joy, our peace, our focus. Because we're, we're worried about things that have nothing to do with us or we have very little that we can do about it except maybe forgive. So to get corroded, to, make, uh, it, it's warm, to wear holes in things through rubbing, this is irritations. I'm sure you can apply these, these descriptions to some of your life circumstances. Um, to create a big hole in something by constant rubbing, well, let this not be. This, this, it can also you know, polish us, concerns us, these, these very difficult uh, a, you know, contrary kind of circumstances that we find ourselves in. But uh, one of the things I think of, and we're going to hit the psalm here, is that a lot of people, when something goes wrong, or they're rubbed the wrong way, or it's not fair, and we, we're very sensitive to injustices, we begin to get mad and take it personally and, um, and or blame someone else, blaming ourselves, blaming someone else, and not really taking a true action to stop this thing at the very core of it, um, and the very source of it, which is, of course, the enemy. Well, really, it's important that we get a perspective on this because there's always been evildoers. Right. Right. Mm. I mean, you, you look always. through history, there's always corrupt politicians, um, always corrupt leaders, leaders mm-hmm. lies, innuendo, injustices. Nation going always against been, nation. Always mm-hmm. been. And, and uh, we see it today. And we get more knowledge of it mm-hmm. because of the Internet. And, and TV and everything like right. that. So we have we to get limit mis- our... <laughs> we, get, we get a lot of misinformation, and then we do get some correct information along with this. But, you know, if you focus on that, you can really 
you can really fret because, oh, what's oh, yeah. Obama doing sure. now? What's going on here? What's going yeah. on there? And what, and, but what so, we, don't have, we don't have any power to change either, well, so this right. part and, of that and, problem. And we can just be in a constant tiz yes, of fretting exactly. over mm-hmm. something that we really can't do something about. Yeah. Now, there are some things that we can, actions that we can take to deal with so we don't have to sit around and stew. Right. But, but the so, feeling of helplessness leaves, gets us into kind of a... a Despondency, crockpot of of fretting. Yeah, crockpot. Okay, very nice picture there. Okay, so but fretting, you know, we think of worry, but the the Bible says perfect love casts out fear, and fretting is like the opposite of faith and believing, and or it is faith and believing the wrong thing. When God says in Psalm thirty-seven verse one, "Do not fret because of evil doers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity." For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and withered like the green herb. God is saying, yes, I see it. I see the unfair things. I see the evildoers. I see the workers of iniquity. I see the, how they seem to have the upper hand. I see how you're kind of being burdened of all of this, kind of with a helpless, kind of bound up kind of situation. He says, but don't worry. Don't fret. Don't even become angry. So what does that mean? Be angry and sin not. Well, that means that you see the injustice. You see the the witchcraft being practiced against you at work or the innuendos, the gossip, the lies, the backbiting, the situations. And like Jerry said, on the news and whatnot, you see those things. But what does God say? He says, trust in the Lord and do good. Do not let these negative, nasty, naughty things taint you. Don't let them control you or or determine your choices. Um, We are in a, we're in this mess. This is supposed to be a mess. Not that we want it to be a mess or created the mess, but it is, there is a purpose in this cauldron, this crock pot, this of evil. It is to perfect that which concerns us. And that is the job of the Holy Spirit. So you really, we take on too much and we do too little. If you, we take on too much of what we can't do anything about. And we do too little about what we really can do something about. Well, in 1 John five nineteen, it says, we, we know that we are of God, referring mm-hmm. to yes. believers in Jesus Christ, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. There's the crockpot. Okay. That's the crockpot. The sway. He is the God of this world. He is running the show for the most part. And it's only the godly people who have the courage to follow the Holy Spirit and say no to the forces, the magnetic pull um, of the evil that's in this world. The only ones that have the, 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 um, the wisdom to say, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me in this, that are going to make it through. Otherwise, your choices are going to be pulled and influenced and by your circumstances. And that's part of what this problem is. Fretting focuses our eyes on our circumstances and appearances and uses our imagination to project a negative possibility on our future. It's like, oh, no, you know, fretting, the big, the big begin, if you're going to kind of identify if you're a fretter or not, here's what you got to look for when you hear it coming out of your mouth. Because the, the Bible says, what the heart is full of mouth speaks. So if you hear your mouth saying, that begins with, oh, no, what if, I can't, it won't, I'll never be able to, there, this will never. Any of those kind of lead-ins to your, to your statement are going to produce fretting. Oh, no, you know, is this, you know, is an anticipation, uh, anxious anticipation of something that's not going to be good. What if is also about worrying, usually about the future. I can't talk about your capabilities or in, inabilities. Um, and then the projecting by saying it'll never work out. It'll never, this will never work. Uh, never be good enough. Never, never. All this stuff already, those four or five words in the sentence 
in the beginning of your sentence have already committed you to the end of that sentence, which is negative, trouble. So these things are not coming from the Holy Spirit who's saying, oh, no. The Holy Spirit would say, you know what? Peace. Be still. I got this. Listen to me. Do this. Do that. Um, fretting is the enemy of hope and, and, and drains us of joy. You know, it's kind of like, okay, so now the holidays are over. Okay, the good times, the happy time. We put, we put all our bad stuff on hold, and we focus on Jesus' birth, or we focus on the hustle and bustle of Christmas or friends or family or, you know, whatever we do. Um, and, and we kind of put our life that last month of December, or parts of it anyway, on a different track. We're just not going to worry about we're going to this right now. But now we're focusing. We're bright and shiny, brand new sun shining, 2017, um, January 3rd. And we got to put away all that nice, sweet thoughts of, you know, you know, nestled stuff, safe, safe in our beds. Is that how it goes? I don't know. There's a little nutcracker, you know, just twas the night, the before, night before Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> nutcracker, whatever. Anyway, so now we're back into the real world. And so, but this world, as we said, is under this way of the evil one. And that world, that means we have to be in a walk in a truth and a reality and focus on what really is and not what we just, you know, what, what really is is what God really says. And the rest of it is simply evil forces and appearances and circumstances and, and that give and promote injustice and dangerous situations that threaten to overwhelm us. A lot of times what we, what we do is want to try to escape. We want to get right. into some kind of a fantasy world. Uh, it can be escaped through, you know, through entertainment, yeah. through mm-hmm. alcohol, other drugs, mm-hmm. different kinds of things, um, just, you know, denial or whatever like that. So we're, we're looking for an escape from this. But wait a minute. We're, we're in the midst of the perspective on this mm-hmm. is that evildoers are going to be cut off. Okay? Right. Exactly. God is taking care of those. It's evil right now. But their time is coming. Yep. That's where it shows. He says, they, verse Three. Psalm 37, too, oh. where they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. So evildoers, their time is coming. Do we believe that? You know, I think if we look too much at what we look at, we don't believe that. But God says in verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. That's a good verse to start the year out with. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Trusting in the Lord. That means I'm going to count on you, Jesus, no matter what. And you know what? That's really a good, good place to find shelter and protection. Trust in the Lord because, number one, we know that God is good. You know, he is, he is for us. He's not against us. And the powers that try to take us out are less than the power of God. God's power is a benevolent power with good intentions. Um, and he is the one who loves us, who not only, not only um, created us, but died for us to keep us, to protect us, to bring us to good, a good end. Let's get the perspective here again, because in, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 here, several verses, but know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. Mm-hmm. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but dying the power thereof, and from such people turn away. Mm-hmm. And it goes on to say, verse 7, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they resist the truth. They're men of corrupt minds. They're disapproved concerning the faith. Mm-hmm. But it says they will progress no further. Their end is coming. 
Mm-hmm. But he, and he says, verse 10, but you, Paul writing to Timothy, but you. Now, here, here's the deal. That's the thing. Here's what's going on in the world. The but you includes us here. Yeah, but you're you, different. Says, have, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in a different place. Mm-hmm. This is what's going on around you. But here's where, how you live in this, you could say, a microcosm within mm-hmm. this evil world. You have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love and perseverance, persecution, afflictions, and so forth. Out of them, uh, that I, what I, he, Paul had experienced, he said, out of them the Lord delivered me. Mm-hmm. He says, yes, all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. He says, evil men, verse 13, mm-hmm. evil men and imposters, in the King James it says seducers, mm-hmm. will grow worse and worse. Okay, There's so that's reality. That's truth. This that's is reality. what's going to happen. Yeah. Deceiving and being deceived. Boy, there's a that's powerful. This is this is the, our world. In verse fourteen, though, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. And he talks about from childhood you've known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So he says, in the midst of all this, mm-hmm. you know the word of God. You stand in the word of God. You live in the word of God. The, the word of God is going to what? Make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in Romans 13, <clears throat> kind of moves over to Romans 13, where he says, um, and do this, knowing that the time, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, there are a lot of people out there who are looking ahead, you know, prophets, people of men, men and women of God, researchers, people who hear and see from the Lord. They're, you know, they're seeing things at the, in this year, 2017, that may be very difficult, may be very culminating, may be very determining. But now it is high time that we awake out of our own personal sleep. Wake up. Take your D3 in the morning. Take your melatonin at night. Wake up, people. Come on, focus. And here's a kind of an interesting thing. Those things are good things. And a lot of times we learn good things. We, we are instructed in good things. And then somewhere along the line or along the way, we forget them. And we forget them. And then we, we kind of lull back into that circle cycle of, of lethargy and apathy and anger and fretting. So he says, know the time. Don't just, you know, how do you know the time by reading the word? How do you know who's telling you the truth? The word of God is the truth. Nothing else for sure is the truth. Everything else out there, I don't care if you've got a commentator, a news guy, whatever, who has very good heart and sincere know what everything, they still don't know everything. The only one who really knows it's the Holy Spirit, and he's going to show it to you through the word if, you're wanting to, if you want to know it. Wake out of your sleep. Salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Now, before that, he's talking about to owe no man anything except to love one another. That goes back to the first part of Romans 13. It's kind of hard to swallow, if you ask me. He says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities where there's no authority except from God and the authorities except exist that are appointed by God. Now, God appoints us authority sometimes for our judgment. And so not every authority is very pleasant. Although he's being, basically saying in the next couple of verses, he says, um, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Um, for God, it, he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. He's basically saying here, don't break the basic laws. I mean, the basic laws are, are all enfolded in the Ten Commandments. You know, don't kill one another. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't cheat. And, and basically, this is kind of still the foundation of 
the major structure of our laws. However, our political judgments and laws and the way we deal with other nations and the way we deal with, you know, the control and the way people are seeking at the top to, to gain power, to control and force their agendas is not necessarily endorsed by God at all. But God is saying, you, you mind your business and keep my law. My law, he says, is all fulfilled in this verse eight of Romans 13. Oh, no one, anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. So God is saying, you know, your ultimate accountability is to him and to who, what he has said. And yes, we're going to have to have some wisdom. Peter and James and those guys, they did disobey the authorities when it came to tell the authorities telling them to, to not talk or do any healing in the name of Jesus. They said, we can't do that. That was an ax. But there's, there's times where we have to say, no, I can't go along with abortion. I can't go along with this agenda or that particular situation. No, that's cutting, that's cutting God short. I have to stand in having done all the stand. But you will never do go wrong by loving even your enemies, God says. So if you've got enemies, you've got opportunities to love them, forgive them. And the key to getting away from fretting is to not to feel like you're the underdog or the guy in the bottom of the pile. To not be angry and agitated by injustice, but to bring that injustice before the Lord God and begin to forgive those people who have created those injustices. Well, there's a certain point, too, where we are grieved by what's going on in our world. Uh, you know, the, the, we, Paul, well, right. God was grieved mm-hmm. when, when the, um, with the evil there in, in Noah's day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, was, he was grieved continually by what was going on and, and uh it says he was grieved with israel for 40 years in psalm ninety-five ten, he was grieved with that generation jesus in mark chapter 3 verse 5 he said he was grieved because of the hardness of their hearts right so god is, is grieved is grieved by what he sees the so hardness of heart the mm-hmm. resistance the rebellion and and uh, we share in that right. We share in that grief. We share with that burden. Jeremiah wept tears. He was he was known as right. the weeping prophet because he was his heart was broken right. because of the uh, the evil that was going on in the world. So uh, this is something that we care. Paul says, "I have continually sorrow in, in my, my heart, heart. Mm-hmm. for my people mm-hmm. Israel because they've they've been so resistant to God." So he lived. What is the difference here? Let's talk about this. What is the difference between living with a, a grief and a sorrow and a burden, we could call it, for what is going on mm-hmm. and the difference between that and just fretting and being all anxious and and being kind of put out of commission through uh, worry and anxiety? Well, the Bible says, Paul says, I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which is which I have committed to him against that day. I've been committed. He actually, God created us, uh, authorized our being here. He, he not only created us, but endorses us and commits himself to keeping us. And so when we return that uh, care and keeping of our souls, our lives, our circumstances, opportunities over back over to God, that's the only way we can do it without fretting because it's not my deal. It's not up to me. It's not my, my clever plan. It's not my trying to get the favor of someone else or, um, sell my soul for a, a morsel of bread. It, what it is, is I am believing that God is going to use and take these opportunities that he's allowed me to be you know, drawn into. It says in, in uh, Mark and I, Matthew that Jesus Christ himself was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. 
so is he, wow, you say, but God says he doesn't tempt anybody. Well, no, he doesn't. That he permits these, these circumstances to arise for the very perfecting of that which concerns us. There has to be confrontations between us and evil, between us and the lie, or there would be no determinations of whose who's report are we going to believe. So you are going to be tested, but here's the problem. The problem is most of us are making our own choices, or we make our choices based on what we believe, what we're persuaded to believe, the, the influences of the day, the, it's almost like a demonic, demonic evil force magnetic pull that is causing so many of the masses to go towards the draw of that evil power, that force of iniquity. Rather, and, and so if you're going to make your choice based on what it looks like or what you feel like, you are definitely going to go down the wrong direction. But So when I commit my choices to God and I say, Lord, I need your wisdom, I don't know what to do here, but this isn't really my problem. You guide my feet, says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So even if you don't know exactly what you're doing all the time or feel like you're doing it right, a lot of times that if you're committing your way to the Lord, it's, you're going to be guided by him whether you feel it or not. So you can start to rejoice in that. Stop fretting, stop worrying, and start knowing that this is all things work together for good to those who are called according to God's purpose. And this, that our salvation is nearer than we first believed. What if Jesus comes back this year? I know people have extended it. Well, we got four more years. We got eight more years. We got whatever, whatever. You know, maybe we do. Maybe we don't. We don't really know. We do not know. This is the the pretty that we live in every day. But the thing is that we do know that Jesus could come back again very soon. What if he does come back at the end of this year? What if he comes back in September? Who, you know, what would you do different this year? How would you, would you freak out? Would you live in panic? Would you live fretting? Or would you start to, to dig in and do what you know God is calling you to do, to, to live? He says, the night is, um, he says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Well, I think this means the day to wake up, you are slumbering, sleeping, slowed down, you know, you know, stuffed in your bed. It's time to, the day is at hand. The day of reckoning is also coming. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness back in Romans 13, 12. Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in licentiousness and lewdness, but in strife and envy. Notice how many people, they do their partying at night. They, they think night is going to cover their nasty, naughty deeds and darkness is a, you know, covers them, gives them a little extra you know, uh, protection from the eyes of God, but it does not. He says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Here's one of our downfalls is we make a lot of provisions for the flesh. We you think it's up to me to make sure I have something to, to eat and to wear and to, to drink and to, to be and to do and to da, 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 da. And we're always trying to take care of the body. But really, seek ye first the kingdom of God, his will. And he will not only take care of your body, he'll take care of your mind and your emotions and your relationships and your spirit, your soul, everything. God is committed to all parts of me, not just some parts of me. Yeah, in the midst of all this, as you mentioned, Marjorie, we're looking for the coming of the Lord, the return of the Lord. We're anticipating, not just to escape, because we, not just because, oh, I want to get out of this nasty, nasty mm-hmm. world, because he is, the Bible says he's coming for those who love his appearing, because we long to be with him, because mm-hmm. we love him, we love him here and now, but we look to see him in his fullness when he, he returns. But in the meantime, here's what's going on. Uh, Luke 21, 
25 through 28 in the Amplified Bible, it says, And there will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, and upon the earth there will be distress, trouble and anguish of nations in bewilderment and perplexity without resources, left wanting, Mm -hmm. embarrassed, in doubt, not knowing which way to turn. Mm -hmm. This is where we are in our world, right? Pretty close. At the roaring, the echo of the tossing of the sea. Men swooning or expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation. Mm-hmm. So look at this, the words, apprehension mm-hmm. and expectation of the things that are coming on the world. For the very powers of the heavens will be shaken and caused to totter. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with great transcendent and overwhelming power and all his kingly glory, majesty, and splendor. Now, when these things begin to occur, mm-hmm. okay, when they begin to occur, it doesn't say get depressed, get worried, freak out. It says yeah. look up and lift up your heads because your redemption, your deliverance is drawing near. Yeah. So he says look up. And it, it's it's a constant looking up, really. we We are to look up. Not just look at what's going on in this world. Yes, we recognize it, mm-hmm. but we're looking up. We're looking to Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 12, it says we're to run with endurance or patience, the it says race. in the King James. Mm-hmm. The race that is set before us, looking to what? Jesus, Jesus the, author. the author and finisher of our faith. Or the one translation says the pioneer and perfecter of our mm-hmm. faith. So it's, the, it's there's, yeah. we've got to keep our focus on Jesus Christ. Well, I think, in the midst of all that's going on I, in this present evil world. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that's too late for me. I've blown it. It's too, you know, too late. The night is far spent. But, you know, what? we're in darkness. The darkness is darkness. And we cast off the hidden works of darkness. And what the Bible says, it says, cast off the hidden works. Wake up. Cast off the works of darkness. Uh, put on the armor of light. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Looking for him. But what does cast off mean? You know, it says it really means to if you cast something off or cast it out or you're, you know, throwing stuff out of your house or throwing away old clothes, cast them off. You quit something, you turn from it, you despise it, you let go of it, you be changed. Now, change is a big word and Satan uses that word a lot, too, you know, with our New Year's resolutions. And I've got to change this, change that striving, stress, trying, you know, trying to lose five pounds, whatever. But that big word is a tough job. You know, and it calls for a lot of work, um, and it's not ever really successfully accomplished by trying. Um, but that doesn't mean you sit down, give up, do nothing because it doesn't work. What it means is really the, the way change begins in your life is not through you trying to do something or not do something anymore. It comes with getting to the lie that first causes you to do that thing in the first place, cause you to get locked in that rut. And so the first thing we do is recognize the lie. Why do I do this? Why do I, you know, why do I overindulge in eating? Why do I, or maybe it's not eating. Maybe it's a thyroid problem. And if it's a thyroid problem, why is your little thyroid so distressed? What's the lie your body's, you know, working under and against because your body is trying to keep you well and healthy, except you told, you, you told yourself a thousand times you're stupid, fat, ugly, and no good. Your body is going to say, whoa, okay, okay, I don't know what to do. Are we good enough to, to work with? Are we good enough to save here? So you send a confusing message to your body. So you've got to stop talking and thinking about yourself like a reject. And you've got to start realizing 
that you've got to renounce and denounce those lies in order for any change to begin at all in your life. You cancel out those agreements with I'm stupid, ugly, no good, never going to make it, and it's my fault and I'm not capable. Stop blaming yourself. You know, yeah, you, you did make some choices, so did I. And they were stupid choices. Yeah, we were learning. And Satan took advantage of our ignorance and our innocence and all that other stuff to turn us against ourselves, turn us against one another, turn us against God. It is time to wake up, you know, rub your eyes, open up your eyes, your spiritual eyes and say, God, help me. I can't do this. And it is only when you cancel out those agreements with the evil one that you can begin to walk in the freedom of hope and dignity. And, you know, actually, you've got to recognize that you're, you're here you're justified in being here. You're authorized to be here. You have a right to live. You're a right to be here, a right to have rights to live to life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, because God gave you that right. God is the one who gave you dignity. Um, he, he, he created you because he's the greatest authority in the world. He authorized you. That authorizes you. There is no jurisdiction uh, over God that can overrule what God says. God says, I am creating you. As a matter of fact, God was in the midst of your mother's womb making sure things were, came together right. And you did not form yourself. You didn't have anything to say. You didn't engineer the project. Uh, you, you were under construction, under formation. You came together. You didn't do it with fretting. You didn't, do it the, you, know, you didn't have to do it. The oversight came from God, from you. But see, the thing is, what happens is when we then are born, uh, the enemy, even in the womb, begins to, to manage or in, uh, interfere, uh, disrupt the processes through fear, through rejection, through some biological circumstances, um, difficult births, whatever, that begin to cause us to make agreements with I'm afraid, et cetera. So you begin to be programmed with these lies even before you recognize you're being programmed. But now you are able to cancel out those agreements. You have an authority in your life that God has given you. That authority is to agree with him or not agree with him, to choose life or to choose death. And when you start to walk in the power of God's authorization and realize that he also has not only authorized you, but he has given you an authority, an authority, and he's got, actually got jobs for us to do down here to bring forth the kingdom of God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, then you begin to have a purpose for your life and you begin to see that all of this other stuff is just battle. It's just little battles. It's part of the war. It's skirmishes. It's it's God's got it, and we're more than conquerors. Well, the enemy works. Part of the spiritual warfare is that the enemy is working to uh, keep us from fulfilling what God has called us to be, right. who God has called us to be, and what God has called us to do. And what happens when when there's fear? When there's fear, there's anger, there's fretting. We're talking about mm-hmm. okay? Yep. Fear, anger, injustice, fretting, frustration. That's an agitation, Confusion, irritation, yep. discouragement, depression, um, and and, uh, and self. You know what? A lot of it's self-analyzing and navel-gazing. People keep recycling the junk by keep looking at it again and again. It is what it is. I'm never going to make it. Da da da. I got a big. It's like a cycle. You know. Okay, you get to the low point of the cycle. I've got to do something. Got to make some changes. Got to make some choices. So then you push, 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 push up to the top again. Well, you try, 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 try. You get up to the top, and then you get so exhausted by the time you get to the top that you, boom, you let go, you give up, you go back to drinking Coke, whatever. <laughs> or, you know, we just kind of lose our, our, our resolve. And so this is how people try to change. And it's just a vicious cycle. 
what you need to do is get off the treadmill and say, God, I can't do it. But really, Lord, you didn't create me to have to have all this junk and do all this stuff and eat like this and hate myself. But I really think it go, a lot of it goes back to you curse yourself. Right. And fretting is cursing. Two, two yeah. parts of it. Fretting and trying leads you to immobilization. Right. Exactly what the devil just, wants. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what the mm-hmm. devil wants. Or the other part of it is that you, you take actions that are really stupid. Or they can't be maintained. Unwise. They can't be. Right. Yeah. Right. Bad choices. Or, or like you, I resolve, you know, you make a real, and don't, Folks, if you've made resolutions, throw them out the window. Well, because you, there's a difference between making a decision and following through on it. But the, if you make a resolution and, and you make a vow that you're going to do this and do this, and then what happens if you, you're not keeping it? You're frustrated. You give up. Mm-hmm. That well, sort remember, of thing. remember, there's always two sides to the torture rack. There's always the side that I'm going to try harder and get it right, and the resolutions of all that, like you're talking about. And on the other side, you know, when you fail. Uh, one of the other sides of that torture wreck is we, you know, we go from that despondency and that, that low life living over, we spring back over to the religious side and we get real strict and religious and mandated and, and bound up and there's no liberty, no freedom and no joy in that. The God does not call us to be religious ever. He says true religion and undefiled before God, man, is this that you visit the widows and the fatherless. You pray, you take care of the orphans and those who are, uh, in true abject need and poverty, whatever. So the thing is, you know, we can get religious and, and look on the, you know, make that outside of me look just so perfect, perfect. But your inside is still broken and frustrated and, you know, afraid. Another part of this too, is that we can not just becoming, you know, very religious that way, mm-hmm. but we can be, we come to the point where we're taking actions uh, where we get sidetracked, where we're we're spending all our time trying to change the government or change the world or, or change the world. Yeah. OK, through political action. Now, it's important for people. We're we're we're, we're of this world. Mm-hmm. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And we're called to be salt and light, to have a godly influence. But this to, if we put all our effort in making political changes, for example, or educational changes without, the, you know, the preaching of the word of God, mm-hmm. because the tr- the true transformation of of a nation or a society comes down to the transformation of an individual, and that transformation can only come through them putting their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And this is where we need to put our efforts. Jesus said, "You're my witnesses." Preach the gospel, make disciples. That's our business. That's what we need to keep our focus on, even in the midst of a very, very hostile, increasingly hostile environment in our world. Yeah, and exactly. Uh, it says in, um, you know, following God, people, you, know, you get to that religious perfectionism and preaching the, the word of God. Now, here's a problem with preaching the word of God. The word of God has been preached from time to time and generation to generation in various phases and stages of, of judgment and hellfire and brimstone and all this other stuff. And, and, and then you flip over to this side with God is love and you can do whatever you want and blah, blah, blah. So those gospels are not the true gospel of Jesus Christ. If you really read the Bible, you get a full uh, picture, a, a, a nice, healthy picture of what it's going to be like to serve God. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. Um, and then we understand, and, and, and God is not trying to bring us to a place of 
boring, restricted, legalistic, unhappy, begrudging, grumpy, uh, you know, you know, service to him. That is going to be so unappealing to the world that they're going to say, I don't want any of that. It says the, the joy of the Lord is our strength, the joy of the Lord and the freedom. It says in Galatians verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Well, the yoke of bondage here is going to have to be the lack of liberty. It's going to have to be fear. It's going to, that's what bondage is, is it's the burden to do it yourself or to be, you know, afraid of what other people are going to say or not liking yourself. This is going to start with a new year's resolution of, uh, I like myself. I love, I love myself. I am awesome because I am here created in the image of God as a human. I'm not a rabbit. I'm not a rock. I have real opportunity here. And even if you're living in the gutter right now of somewhere, you know, full of demonic junk and controlled in various aspects of your life by demons or demonic influences or demonic programming or the body of death or whatever you want to call it, you still have every opportunity, every to be delivered and to live in this law of liberty. Stand fast. If God's got you there already, stay there. If you're not there yet, God will bring you to that place of liberty and freedom and joy and peace. Because faith in him, faith in God, that's the whole bottom line here. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what it looks like, what you feel like, what you think, what people are saying, or what God says? What God says. And this is where it gets real tough. Because the devil is pretty good at deceiving, at distracting. And, 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 you know, if you participate, you know, in any way in, in some of these things as, as mild and, and as innocent as it may seem or appear to be, Satan begins to use that as an agreement, your agreement to participate, to go with him, to fellowship with him. You know, some people are called into dark places. Jesus was having dinner, lunch, whatever, with the Pharisees, with the sinners, the publicans, the tax collectors. He was with them, you know, but just because he was eating lunch with them, he was not endorsing their lifestyles. And so that's kind of the way it gets to be. We have to, you know, like say you're going to do something where the, the world has totally got this thing going on and you're, you're part of, you know, you go there, you're part of that, but you're there to be a light. You're there to be salt and light. You're not there to be a coward and look like you're participating. You're there to stand and having done all to stand so that Satan knows that you're not there participating in his garbage but you're there as on assignment of the most high god to go into that place to be a like for example i'm going to give an example and don't be offended all you people uh, i think there's the super bowl is coming up i think anyway whatever i think it's an absolute ridiculous waste of time and, and and a money maker for the wrong people mostly but there's a lot of good people in there a lot of players are christians uh there there's lights there's people that, you know, are going to go there and, and try to waste their life, get drunk, whatever, do their deal. And just as using it as an excuse. But you can go in as, you know, if you're invited as, a, you know, to, to join something or be part of a tailgate party or whatever they do. You can, you, you go there as a light. You go there as, a, as one who's going to look for your assignment. You're going to go there, but there's going to be people there. And everywhere there's people, there's a place for you to become a part of a solution, to give a word of wisdom, to give a word of knowledge, to lay hands on the sick and pray, to just show them the true gospel of Jesus Christ, the joy of the Lord, 
Let them see that your joy and your interest and concern and care in them is truly genuine. And you're, you're not saying, yes, I'm going to take this opportunity to, you know, operate out of my soul and get all stupid. I'm going to go in here under the serious mind of the Holy Spirit. This is an assignment. I'm on assignment. And if you say that before you go in, you, you know, I'm on assignment to go to this Vikings game. I'm on assignment to go to this Super Bowl. I'm on God's assignment here. Then you're not going to give the devil much to work with, and you're going to give God everything to work with. That's exactly right. Uh, in John 17, 14, where Jesus is praying for us, for his disciples, and I, I believe this prayer is extended to us today. He says in verse 14, I've given them your word, and the word has, world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Mm -hmm. Sanctify them by your truth. Set them apart by your truth. Your Mm -hmm. word is truth. And then here's what he says. As you sent me into the world, into this evil world, Right. right, we could say, I also have sent them into the world okay as in 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 john twenty twenty one he said as the father has sent me so send i you so jesus doesn't come into this nice prissy flowery beautiful mm-hmm. uh, wonderful Perfect. world wonderful. he comes into this evil wicked nasty world but he keeps himself in the in the grace of god he keeps himself pure and strong to be a light in the midst of this and so that's the whole deal we are called to be light in the midst of darkness. And we're called to go into these places where, you know, like you said, some people called go to the go to the Super Bowl, go to wherever the supermarket. <laughs> the supermarket, wherever. Wherever we are, God has not called us to just to sit around huddle or in the walls by of, the, of yeah. a church building. Yeah. He's called he said, Go. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. Go into the world. Preach the gospel. Uh, go to all the nations of the world and share my love and truth. I think of the church, you know, salt and light. I think of the salt and the salt shaker does nobody any good. It doesn't flavor any food. It doesn't preserve any food. It it just sits there. It's all nothing. It's just salt. And that's what a lot of churches are like salt and the salt shaker. And they just stay there and they have their little closed club, you know, exclusive little club membership. And a lot of people don't even want to go to church because you don't know anybody there, and chances are they won't let you in or like you anyway. And so you just kind of like stay home. And But the thing is, true salt isn't worth anything until it's released from the salt shaker, is sent out, put in the soup, put in the stew, uh, you know, rubbed in the wound, whatever it does. It's, it's there to make, preserve, bring life, bring hope. And this is where purpose begins to happen in your life. So it's not like you're just trying to survive here is a cope or get through life that's wrong that's a that's a bad plan that's a bad plan for 2017 and you say well i just want to you know isolate stay, don't want to play go out there because it's too scary and i don't want to worry and i don't want to fret and i don't want to know anything that's a bad plan too the the plan is to know jesus christ the plan for you this year is really to get to the word of god and the Holy Spirit, who lives inside of you. And love, you know, I hear Christians say, "Oh, you know, the place where I work, there's so much evil, there's so much swearing, there's so much treachery, mm-hmm. so much witchcraft, or or my school is so nasty, or you know, whatever it is." It's like, okay, well then, really good. 
great you, opportunity. You're in a great place. You got all mm-hmm. kinds of mm-hmm. opportunities right there. So so go for it. I mean, you don't need a flashlight when everything's bright all around you. Mm-hmm. You know, flashlights. The light is for to go into illuminate dark places, and so that's where God has called us into the into the dark places. Yeah, to, exactly. To, to bring well, his light. And we're not going alone. You know, a lot of times when you go into a place that you don't know very well, like say you're going on an African safari or say you're walking, um, you know, uh, doing some hiking up in the, in the, uh, you know, in the, in the national forests or parks. You usually get a guide, a, guide. a person who knows what they're doing knows what you do and don't do, uh, knows, tells you how to not provoke the bears, uh, to be aware of certain wild animals and things. And so it's just very, very helpful. And it's wise for you to get a guide. And it's also wise for you to listen to the guide. And a lot of times we don't realize that you have that guide inside of us. We are not alone. I think feeling alone, isolated, unloved, unknown, unknown, love to love is to know. It is is not a happy thought, and a lot of you are very isolated. You don't know what to do with your life, and yet your life is is not p- pleasing to you. It's not fulfilling to you, uh, and and so you you need to pray and ask God, show me how to give my life away, show me how to be salt out there, show, take me out there, and then let Him guide you. A lot of um, I think a lot of the people who are still held captive in the caves and the in the holes of their lives, God is going to begin to find you really not find you. He knows you are, but to, to call you out and to release you into the fullness of your destiny. And so you will be completely satisfied with your life when time, you know, to report in comes and you're going to have, you're going to be satisfied that you followed the Lord. You followed your guide. You followed the Holy spirit. Um, and we can't really afford these days anymore to make any of our choices without that Holy Spirit guidance because he has been sent to lead us through this treacherous terrain. You know, it's, it's like he's been sent to lead us into all truth because Satan is laying wait and knows how he knows our weak spots. Um, he knows where we're gullible. He knows where we're naive. He knows where he has done damage already to our souls and because he's done so much damage and because we realize it's very treacherous, we've kind of made this decision that I'm going to do it myself, take care of myself, not going to trust anybody. And you kind of exclude the very one Holy spirit person of the Trinity that has been sent to lead you into all truth and triumph. And so this year, you know, it's a good time to examine yourself and to examine the word of God and to really be honest with yourself that, you know, I really don't like, the things I see going on in my life. You can fret about them. You can stew, but the Bible says fret not, you know, trust in the Lord, delight yourself in the Lord, lean not to your own understanding. And then in verse seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Wait. We don't like waiting and resting. We don't like that. Do not fret because of him who prospers in the way. And obviously a lot of fretting comes from injustices, from people doing things that are not right, not fair. They shouldn't be doing that. That's wrong. And you begin to fret because you're angry, irritated, agitated, and upset because you either can't do anything about it or it's hurting you, affecting you, taking away your opportunities. But you know what? No one, no one, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And no one can really take away your opportunities except you. You throw them away by 
not recognizing them as opportunities for God to work, for you to be on assignment, for something good to come out of all this. Even things like flat tires and broken down cars, all things work together for good to those who love God. Just look for that. Look for that purpose in that. You know, what is God? All things work together for good. This does not look good right now. This does not feel good. Um, and it could be that it's the, the enemy's trying to take you out. Say, God, whatever lie is going on here or lies that's causing me to, to feel this way or to be looking like I'm heading in this direction. I cancel out that lie. Show me what is that lie. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And therefore, if he, he says he's going to be talking to you. So in your spirit, not in your soul, but in your spirit, you will recognize that still small voice. You'll recognize. But, you know, most of us, we, we discount that voice. Oh, no, that's just me. Oh, no, that's, you know, not going to ever work. Um, you know, I, I've never done it like that. The direction of the Holy Spirit, because we're not very used to walking, or if we do, it's a very, very back and forth, back and forth, in and out, in and out, up and down, up and down. Uh, you know, we listen to him, and then we go with our flesh, and then we listen to him, and then we listen to the soul, and then we listen to the spirit, and then we listen to the soul. And there's nothing but a, a rut being dug here because, you know, you're going too much back and forth. But God says rest. So if what you're doing today reduces down to rest, then rest. Be okay. God has got this. You're okay. God is committed to you. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then over in Romans 8.14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And Jesus said, Go into all the world, mm-hmm. make disciples, preach the gospel, teach all nations. He says, I am with you always. Even to he the is with end us of in the earth. presence of the Holy Spirit. So Amen. take courage. Even uh, to the end of the age. Take courage today, mm-hmm. his, but, but fill your mind with his word. Fill your heart with his word. Trust his holy, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you, will guide you. Uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. You are loved. Don't mm-hmm. lean onto your own understanding. Don't depend on your own understanding. Or your feelings. Or your feelings. Yeah. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So if you acknowledge God, Lord, what, what am I to do here? Mm-hmm. Is, uh, am I to do this, 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 whatever? Look at him. Acknowledge the Lord, and he will show you. He will direct your paths. And sometimes you just, and then the the thing that really is encouraging for those of us that seem like we just kind of like wander around and say, well, what's going on here? It says, it says uh, the Lord will direct your steps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the steps of a good man, a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Yes. So if you, your heart is before God, you're clean, you're, re, you're repentant before God your heart is, is in tune with, mm-hmm. with the word and the spirit of God. He said, order your steps. In other words, you're going to might seem like you're mm-hmm. just, okay, I'm just going to the grocery store today. And well, I guess I need groceries or I need to go get gas and he'll set up appointments for you. He can. He's yes, ordering he can. your steps. He'll help you to make the right decisions on mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And, and even, even some of the most minute things, he Mundane. will help us mm-hmm. to uh, make, well, decisions. that's exactly what he says. He will Again, send people into our paths yep. that will uh, give us uh, even our help, Miraculous. Even, even even guidance. Yep, exactly. Uh, well, you know, the thing is in Psalm 37. Again, he says, commit your way to the Lord. That's exactly what you're talking about. You know, we commit the way our day, our moments, our hours, our opportunities to the Lord. The words that come out of our mouths, we commit it. It's yours, God. My time, my breath. By the way, your breath is all God's 
anyway, he gave you every breath you're going to ever breathe and he knows how many he's given you. So commit your way to the Lord. Um, roll it onto him, cast it onto God, give it over to him, trust in him also. And he will bring it to pass, whatever that is you're delighting to desire to do. And I think if we delight in him, that just seems so foreign to what everybody's being, um, I don't know, what's the word, manipulated and uh, provoked to do. Delight yourself. How many, for example, how many teenagers, how many 20-somethings, how many, I'm not judging the groups because it's all the same all the way through, but just think about the pressure that's on those kids. And they're not delighting themselves in the Lord. They're delighting themselves. I'm not judging. I'm observing. And they're texting. They're, they're Skyping. They're, they're, um, they're FaceTiming. They're Snapchatting. They, they don't, they're so, they have no idea what it would mean to delight themselves in the Lord. Now, maybe they've never yet had any exposure to the Lord in, in terms of how delightful that can be. But at the same time, that's how we grow up. We, we, grow, we grow up in a place, keep growing and adding, adding, adding onto the wrong, the wrong, the wrong, until the wrong thing becomes the only thing that we know. And so there has to become a change, a transformation. And that's what the Bible talks about, too. There comes a point in time where you accept Jesus Christ, where you surrender, where you die, you give up your life, your, your, your ambitions and your thoughts, uh, and surrender your talents, your gifts, your time, your breath, your destiny, to the Lord. And that is a risky, scary thing for most people because they have never done that before. But it's truly, a very, it's the only thing that will bring forth true uh, purpose and fulfillment and, and joy and rejoicing because he is coming back. The time of the evildoers on this earth is, is, com- is coming to a close, though their time is short and Satan is intensifying. He will intensify. He has. There is a spiritual component to this thing. That makes it impossible for you to just do better self-improvement and willpower are not going to do it for you. They're not. So just mark that off your list. It's not going to be your, you know, determination. Yes, we can, we, we can put a lot of time, energy, you know, and, and, and attention into something, but you have to do it with the power of the Holy Spirit really before it's going to work. And then, then it doesn't matter the outcome doesn't is not become the primary thing the outcome the primary thing becomes being with him forever and god you know like for example in the, in the hall of faith in hebrews chapter 11 a lot of those people they committed themselves to god and they ended up getting eaten by the lions a few got out of the lion's den like daniel he's the only one you know of for sure but most of them got eaten and so the outcome of their faith you say well well they were stupid they could have got out of that and lived a couple more years they could have got out of that and you know you know live to have a family and but what would have happened in the end well, we don't know but the ones who believed god became martyrs in that particular case committed their way to the lord and truly they did have you know they had a short time of intense battle but victory the outcome of the victory was their life in the presence of god forevermore and this is ultimately what we don't get. We don't get that there's higher stakes here than just surviving in this planet because even the most uh, well-acknowledged and popular, heroic, uh, the, the, the figures that we worship, the, the people that we they also grow old and die. They are also at some point called into accountability to stand before the Most High. And it doesn't matter how many movies you made or how many you know trophies you won or gold medals or 
how many, you know, um, peace prizes you won. Nothing. What really matters is that the Lord God, Jesus Christ, says to you, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of the Lord. But in the meantime, the, the key here is to commit, to trust, delight, commit, rest, do not fret because of him who prospers in the way. Because he says, cease from anger, forsake wrath, do not fret, for evildoers will be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look diligently for his place, but it will be no more. For the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. This is God's promise. This is God's goodness to us. And so we just want to invite you this year to begin to look at the fullness of your possibilities here. And it looks like you've got one more really important verse. Well, yeah, what you're talking about, peace here. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're delighting ourselves in peace. Uh, what it says in uh, Philippians 4, verses 6 through 8 in the uh, Amplified Bible, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Yeah. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with your thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God, and God's peace shall be yours that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort it is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For the rest, brethren... Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on, think on and weigh and take count of these things. Fix your mind on them. He says, practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. The the God of peace means the God of untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Amen. That's our God. Amen. And he wants us to certainly, he wants us to enjoy him. Yes, I have a couple of practical ways that we can do that. Just a little bit about us. Life Recovery is um, and True Light Church sponsor uh, Rescue Radio. Now, if you like this broadcast, if it's helpful to you, we pray that you would put it on your device, download it, take it with you when you're walking, jogging, in the car, whatever. You can also uh, find us on Twitter if you just uh, log into uh, Blog Talk Radio, um, uh, Rescue Radio. I'm sure you can find it that way. You can go to our website. You can tell other people about it because this is meant to be a kind of a a weekly inspirational, kind of like a sermon for some people who don't get to go to church, whatever. It's kind of like to keep you, disciple you, uh, anchor you in Jesus Christ and his word and and, and maybe even get you a little hungry to press in and seek it out yourself. The second thing is um, Life Recovery is doing a couple of workshops in January. Uh, one is on prayer, fasting, and intercession on Saturday the 14th uh, at Celebration Church in Lakeville. Um, and the second seminar is on the 21st, uh, also a Saturday. 
And that one's on the story. That's going to be the background, the backdrop, the behind the scenes on the war between God and Satan and what actually happened uh, in the flood, in the fall, in the Tower of Babel with Nephilim and, and Nimrod and all those guys and how this thing has come down the, the, the pike uh, down onto our, into our lives, how it's built this situation that we're in right now, the story. So we're going to start that. This is a, a three-part situation. We're going to start uh, do the first um, part, the story part, in um, on, this, on January 21st. And that's at, um, it's in Minnetonka at the waterfront. Waterstone, I think. Waterstone. You can check it out on our website, liferecovery.com. Also, we encourage you to sign up there. There is no charge for these conferences. However, you do need to sign up because there is uh, limited seating, usually in both of them, and there's usually a free will offering. Also, another thing is True Light Church. Yeah, we welcome you to join us at True Light Church. We meet for worship Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Dayton Activity Center in Dayton, Minnesota. You can go to liferecovery.com and find out information there or truelightchurchmn.org mm-hmm. for more information on that as well. Be- yes, if you're looking for a church or a place to find fellowship that's really not like what you've seen and been and participated in before, we're like a Book of Acts church, a lot of sweet fellowship and a lot of direction, a lot of you know purpose, um, people digging in and doing what they want to do for the Lord and delighting themselves in the Lord. So it's very cool. Uh, we'd love to have you come. And so let's pray this thing out. Father God, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this new year. We thank you that you are an awesome God. We thank you that you are for us, not against us. We ask that you'd remove the spirit of fretting and worrying and anger and agitation and that you would cause us by your spirit to delight ourselves in you and commit our ways to you and rest in you that you would work by your spirit to fulfill the things that you have in your heart for us and that we would be completed in you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, we thank you, Father, for the peace of God that passes all understanding that will keep the hearts and minds of us in these days. Though we live in an age of increasing wickedness all around us, Lord, may your light become all the more brighter through us. Help us to be faithful to you to share your love and share your truth and that we would see that purpose that you have for us, that unique purpose that would uh, uh, share your beauty to everyone we can while we can. Mm-hmm. We ask this, Father, now in the precious name of Jesus Christ, That's our you. Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have an awesome week. Because there's a war for your soul.